So we're we're back in our respective uh, our respective recording locations this week. We are no longer in a pub. Yeah, yeah. we haven't left the pub Not this month. Yeah, although yeah. we did we did visit several times <laughs> between um, between now and then. Me, me, have met a few people actually that have listened to that podcast. Um, I met a friend of yours actually last night, Dave Demo. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and good feedback from it. So that was interesting. Excellent. Yeah. So maybe we should do another one at some point. Yeah, I think it was definitely interesting the the dynamic of it. Maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe it won't be so chaotic with the randomness next time. Uh, was yeah, some very good editing done. Yeah, we, we sort of <laughs> to, got to, um, to remove. Uh, yeah. <laughs> invaded towards the end of the recording and yeah, yeah so the end was a bit rushed i think uh um, some woman basically started stroking dave's beard um <laughs> which made yeah discussion uh difficult yeah yeah and that's not you know. in any way a euphemism for anything <laughs> that did actually that's exactly <laughs> what happened. happened you kept a pro yeah, dave with though the punches i tried yeah, yeah. mm-hmm so um Baz last episode you just got your iPad and you yep. were pretty sort of excited about it but you hadn't used it a whole amount now a, a few mm-hmm. weeks have passed um do you want to give an update how are you getting on with it um yeah so like this is probably the first time I've opened my MacBook Air since then I don't use it anymore um I have it on standby yeah so i pretty much use my ipad primarily as my home device um, for media and content any of that kind of stuff browsing the internet all of that i just find it very 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 handy um the things that i would use my mac for so i keep the mac on for maybe the odd bit of torrenting so i use an app called screens that displays my mac on my ipad it's not perfect it's not that easy to use sometimes just because you're using i guess mac os through a touch based interface and having the pencil helps i guess for like touching like the the small red x's up the top of the screen um but sometimes yeah, the keyboard stuff doesn't kind of work through it so i have the, the smart keyboard but if i want to do like say i want to right click on something i might down, hold down control on the keyboard and try to click that doesn't work but they have enough kind of stuff on screen that you can use like uh you can hit the control button on the on-screen kind of controls and do commands um other times then i tried to do command on tab to switch ta- uh windows on the mac but that doesn't work it switches windows on the ipad so a few little things there um on top of that then i got plex so i'd always use kind of plex but i finally kind of bought the subscription from them for like five or six dollars so Anything that's downloaded then onto the Mac, I can run the Plex server and that will appear on the iPad. Again, from that, then I can Chromecast if I want to from the iPad, from Plex. Um, So I guess there's a few extra steps in there, but, you know, that's kind of taken over. I have used screens for the dual screen stuff inside and work a bit. It's okay for the iOS simulator. You can't run it on it. It just is too jittery. Um... But most stuff works pretty well on it. You can even put video over on it and it runs pretty well. But yeah, that's when I come home in the evening, I open up my iPad now and don't use my Mac anymore. So what what is it better at? Like, why is your MacBook Air almost gathering dust? Like, what's so great about it? I think it it does pretty much everything um, the Mac does. But then I just have... I guess just having my apps on it so I don't have to have my iPhone and my Mac. So I can be doing stuff like I use picture in picture quite a lot just for like <clears throat> background YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I can pop that into picture in picture on the iPad, which works pretty well a lot of the time. And then I can just have several apps open, um, you know, if I want to be like on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or anything like that, I can just be kind of having all of them at the same time. Um I could be doing all that in the Mac, I'd say, but it just kind of works a little bit better. It's, I don't know, having apps that are, you know, set for one task is kind of nice. Um, 
my Mac is getting a bit slow, especially on Safari browsing. Um, it was going to kind of getting a bit painful scrolling through Safari and stuff like that. So having the, the 120 hertz, you know, and stuff like that is a lot nicer. Um, also, twice the resolution screen, better screen on it. Uh, stuff just looks better on it. But again, you know, I'll throw stuff up on a TV and, as, as, at the same time, but I find that I'm quite content using that as a primary device a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Really like the pen on it as well, you know. Um, I probably would prefer, I don't know, a, a more sturdy uh, case for it rather than the smart keyboard. The smart keyboard's pretty good, but you're kind of, you're flipping between different ways. And so you can flip it two ways. So you can have the keyboard out which just means the keyboard is always in use. Um, or you can kind of flip it into a stand mode. So it's kind of more vertical and less of an angle to it. Um, but I wouldn't mind for, at this point then, I'm just turning it back into laptop. But for home kind of viewing, if you're in bed and stuff like that, maybe a sturdier base um, with a keyboard on it would be a bit better. But then using the smart keyboard then when you're kind of taking it out um, because it's so tiny. <laughs> So I don't know if I'm doing that wrong, but that would be a preference. So I'll keep an eye out for different cases in the future, but happy with what I have now. Yeah. Cool. Looking yeah, forward to getting fun. my hands on one at some point because there was there was a point in, in my life where I wasn't actually programming much for a few yes. months. And I did almost use the, the iPad and iPhone exclusively, but that was an iPad 2. So that gives you an idea of how long ago it was. And it was, mm-hmm. it was part... Um, convenience and you know battery life and all that and part of it was just accepting that there was some stuff i couldn't do on it and just not doing them <laughs> as opposed yeah. to having the actual solution so i'm, I'm looking forward to, to repeating that experiment once i get around to to uh to ordering one i imagine that if i did go back to doing a bit of programming here and there i'd probably fire open my work laptop just because it has the bigger screen and stuff like that on it um so I probably would use that for programming, just as faster and everything. Because I'm just wondering about a use case scenario here. Like if you took away programming, or at least, I, yeah. I guess, iOS and Mac, developing iOS and Mac apps, mm-hmm. you know the way your kind of some of your big use for the Mac is actually media related, mm. as in just kind of acquiring and storing media. Is it almost at the stage where, like, an iPad Pro plus, like, a Raspberry Pi with a huge hard drive that you could VNC into? Like, mm-hmm. it sounds like, the, um, and possibly the Raspberry Pi, you could kind of customize the window manager so it was easier to, you know, like, big X buttons or whatever, um, big title bars. Yeah, yeah. Like, it sounds to me for sort of, like, recreational usage that that had almost sort of that it hit a, a huge amount of kind of use cases um that you had this small kind of server type thing running very cheap mm-hmm. um that has your storage and stuff um and then just use I, the I, I imagine i imagine there must be people that do that already yeah i kind of alluded to it in the last episode where i was like if only there was some sort of like mini mac that you could buy <laughs> um, and, and, and i i definitely think that it is um something that people are going to want now like i definitely think that the ipad is going to save the mac mini okay really okay yeah. so well, i mean you've you've said it baz there that you know your laptop's gathering dust you don't need a two grand laptop um gathering dust you don't like the Raspberry Pi idea is good if you're a nerd. That's you know, there's there's no problem with that. Um and you can double it up and you can have it connected to your TV as a retro gaming console as well as all the other stuff that it does. But you know, for you know, the other eighty percent or ninety percent of Mac users, some nice home, you know, pod may i don't know you know some some device mm-hmm. that was in your home the apple tv something do you know there's there's probably something that's a bit more background multitask always on download do you know that's kind of a sweet spot be it a cheap mac mini or something you know but raspberry pi definitely and just lower the resolution on the the screen you're vnc oh, yeah. into and you'll have gigantic x's um <laughs> pretty much by default you won't have to do much and uh you know hang a usb 
uh, hard disk off it and you've you have everything you want. You can SSH into it. You can use Prompt. I assume that app is still there. I still use it on the phone occasionally. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to, on the iPad too. Yeah, because like I've used that. Um, I was on holidays once and I needed to do something on a server. Um, and like I was able to... It, it was awkward, but you know, I was at the other side on the, the other side of the planet, and I was able to SSH in over a really bad hotel Wi-Fi and and fix stuff. So, I can imagine mm-hmm. that you know, if it's in the same room, it's probably going to be fantastic. So I'm just pricing out on the Apple site. Um, <laughs> My favorite pastime. <laughs> and Buzz, we might talk about the accessories you got um, in a bit, but mm-hmm. um. So Mac Mini, the mid-range Mac Mini says terabyte hard drive, four eight gigs of memory, um, and the slightly better Intel graphics. That's eight twenty in euros. Um, okay, and then Not terrible, and then um, an iPad Pro, the one Baz has, but with the two five six storage. Baz, that's actually the one you have, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's seven fifty. So that gets you a total of. 1560 compare that with a macbook pro that's 1700 yeah so basically even the mac 12 inch is 1700 i think yeah so the base the base macbook pro the one without the touch bar is 1550 so about the same price but you only get 128 ssd so I think Dave's logic is pretty sound there that you actually, in a lot of ways, get better, a better computing setup with the Mini and the iPad Pro versus getting a MacBook Pro. Jesus, 1500 for that uh, MacBook. Yeah, it's scandalous, really. Ooh. I mean, look, it is and it isn't, but it is. One to eight know. storage. <laughs> That's cheeky. Yeah, like. but- that's the scandalous part. Like, I mean, I've I've no problem with the build quality on Macs. Like, I they're they're worth it, but that's just unusable. Like, you know, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, and as Baz said, if you want to get the one with the touch bar, that starts Ugh. at at two thousand one hundred for the thirteen inch. Ouch! Wow. Yeah. <sighs> And you've the bonus, I mean, like, Thomas, you use a Mac Mini as your TV, essentially. Well, connected to your TV, or you did at some stage. Um, so, yeah, I did. You have a lot of options, like... You do. Unfortunately, those options got worse over time. Um, ah. <laughs> but, um, so I'm actually, I'm recording on the Mac Mini um, as I as I talk to you guys, and it's an Apple TV down okay. in the living room. But with Baz's use case, that uh, Apple TV is a great Plex client. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a kind of interesting one. So, what are the things that are nicer, Baz, then on the iPad? Like, what are you? Why would you go this route? Hmm. Um, I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a more personal device, right? Yeah, just kind of browsing and stuff like that, and as I said, watching media content on it. It's just kind of very easy to be flicking between in between stuff. It's kind of natural and stuff like that. Um. And I guess it's where I do some of my gaming as well. So I can kind of just be kind of doing lots of different things on it rather than switching between MacBook and the iPhone, which had originally kind of just kind of brings everything together because the ecosystem on Apple is really good that stuff that you have on one machine is kind of shared across. So you can just be yeah doing everything on the iPad. You can leave the phone aside because all calls will call them through it and texts and all the stuff like that. I suppose it's the same on the Mac, but you're just having your larger iPhone apps then when you're at home. Um, and iPhone apps are definitely better, like for what I use, than Mac apps that I would use. Um, and how is app support specifically for the Pro? Like, I mean, have the, you? The, is there anything that looks manky or that 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 isn't at the proper resolution? Like, what's the I suppose out of you well, know, well, if you give a percentage of what you use, is it fairly, fairly good? It's pretty good, yeah. But the the thing that annoys me is like, I probably use the Facebook app every so often, but that doesn't have Split View in it, um, and there's no WhatsApp app. I don't believe for iPad. Oh, um, so I just I just have a web bookmark there. So that's annoying me because I would like to have WhatsApp on it, 
because I use that primarily for messaging um, with friends and stuff like that. So I would like that. Um, and maybe there are some WhatsApp apps on the App Store, but they're not official ones. I'm kind of a bit wary about using them. Um, but yeah, generally though, apps have been pretty good on it. Um, they all look great because even using stuff like the Narwhal app for Reddit, it just kind of has... You can just do much more given like the screen space and stuff like that. That's what I like about it. Uh, what I do miss is 3D touch on it, though. For I find myself force touching stuff a lot and it doesn't work. <laughs> so you have that delay on it, but it's just really cool. The multitasking and stuff all works really well. That little bar, as I said before, down the bottom uh, on the multitasking on the right of it for your recommended apps. Pretty good, actually. I didn't think I'd use it, but... It kind of just has apps that you want, like say you don't have apps on your taskbar. It was pretty good for just kind of going back and, you know, over to an app and stuff like that, that you were using previously. Um, I don't know. It's just really fun to use. I'm really, really enjoying using the iPad. Uh, probably as, you know, I wanted one for years, so kind of enjoying it and don't have too many, you know, bad things to say about it besides a few apps that aren't split screens to support it and i've always heard this from people on twitter it's like if you're making ipad apps make them split screen supported and i can see that now you know it does get annoying twitter is the same twitter is a full screen app the official one um and it's like how have they not done it yet no, twitter works <laughs> yeah because that's an ios 10 thing isn't it or ios 11 is it, thing because I, 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 I yeah, but the split screen just, specifically like 10, is 10 yeah because yeah let me check again anyway i could be wrong on it but i i got split screen on twitter uh, on my iPad. Okay. Okay, let me check that then. I'll take that back. <laughs> um, do you um, want to talk about the accessories you got and whether you'd recommend them to other people? Yeah, as I said earlier, I got the smart keyboard and it's really good. Um, but it's a bit unstable. Save you're in bed using it. It's a bit flimsy and can kind of fall over a bit. <clears throat> Um, but it's enjoyable to type on definitely on a flat surface it's definitely fine to tap, uh, type on if you're sitting down it's on your lap it's it's fine um, I wouldn't be writing too much on it but it's really good just for like googling and doing certain stuff like that taking notes um, and then I got the pencil which I didn't know about the pencil was you need to replace the nibs on it every so often so it comes with a spare nib and it actually comes with a little extender that you can um it's like lightning port to lightning port so you don't have to plug it into the ipad to charge it um but plugging into the ipad to charge is a pretty good idea i think because when it just runs low you just slot in the side you don't have to go looking for anything you can slot it in and what i like about all the magnets on the smart keyboard is it kind of just attaches to the ipad anyway no matter where you go you can have it somewhere on the ipad um stuck to it so you know it's not loose from the ipad even when the the screen is fully closed over with the keyboard you can have it on the outside attached um and it's pretty sturdy so that's it's kind of just a little kind of nice design from it because i i thought that you know i'd be bringing around the pencil separately but you can kind of keep them as one unit um pencil is really fun i've started using an app called uh i probably talked about it in the last podcast i remember nebo n-e-b-o really good um handwriting to text detection so i started using it and work for different projects and taking notes and even an app i was working on work and trying to like reverse engineer the code um it's been really handy for taking notes at the early stages and then kind of going back and referencing it so i'm using it in work I, so the pencil is really cool um i've been running a few of the different sketching apps so i've been sketching a lot more just messing around you know draw something that's in front of me like a cup or my feet <laughs> um so pencil is definitely definitely cool and you'd find that you could use it for browsing as well just kind of flicking away in the screen opening links and stuff like that um i'd recommend probably the pencil above the keyboard okay so if you're um, to get anything get the pencil yeah and it's, if you were using the keyboard a lot more for work um it's really good so imagine you're on planes or on trains or anything like that that it's handy because it's really small so it's compact you know there's l not a huge 
extra space on the iPad to bring in your like laptop bag or whatever you're bringing it in. Um, I guess some of those other I've like I have a Surface inside in work and that has um, a pretty big uh, keyboard on it, but that takes up like it's as it's, it's as big as the Surface and the Surface is quite chunky, so it's probably bigger than my iPad Air in total. So having that nice kind of slim keyboard is really good if you're kind of working a lot of places um if you're doing emails and stuff like that on your ipad it's really 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 good for me as a programmer i'd probably want something a bit better if i could you know eventually program um or use xcode on the ipad in the future um i'd probably want something a bit sturdier but yeah it's it's pretty cool do you have a smart keyboard at all thomas a smart keyboard no no i mean they're expensive but um does a good job and i'm going off to boston um on wednesday so i'm gonna bring it on with the flights to me you know if i need to do any kind of typing or any kind of work there i'll be able to just fire that open rather than taking out the the mac that's a good thing as well the, the mac is 15 inch so oh it's just too big it's a bit for bulky. an economy it's yeah you know it's just throw this little thing up it's great like um but definitely yeah i'd recommend the pencil and don't forget netflix downloads Yes, I've actually downloaded a ton of stuff on Netflix for the flights, just in case. Um, I used to bring actually my iPad mini, my work one, on flights with me. Um, just because I know what I was going to be able to watch and the screen is much better and stuff like that in it. So they're really good if you're going on flights a lot. And you were mentioning in the last episode that like iOS 11 really turns this device into a, a much more powerful or useful uh, machine that you wouldn't be as raving about it if it was running iOS 10 I feel yeah I th- I feel that I need to get better at doing stuff like that you know dragging in between different apps um I think if I was using it in work a lot more I'd probably do that you know dragging content into email clients and stuff like that um so we'll see kind of as I go along how much more of a power user I get in it, but just even all the multitasking stuff, split screen stuff, having the toolbar down the bottom or whatever they call it, the yeah, quick app bar and stuff like that, just kind of makes it a bit more of a a, a pleasurable experience. Um, you just navigate around the iPad a lot quicker, I think. And you can just, yeah, just fire up screens and then be pulling in like iMessage when you guys message just pull an iMessage from the side have music running yeah there's lots of cool stuff you can just be doing simultaneously um you probably just don't think about it if I probably went back to iOS 10 I'd see a lot of differences you know that I wouldn't like (laughs) um you mentioned Plex Baz and I've been thinking a bit about Plex recently a few people I work with uh, are big fans of Plex Mm -hmm. um yeah so this is the system that started off, I think, as Xbox Media Center back in the day, um, but has evolved into... The really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Plex... No, that's Cody. Oh, is it? That's Cody, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. So Plex is completely separate then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There you go. Um, but anyway, yeah. my question, um, you mentioned that you... Uh, you paid a subscription i think it was a once-off i'm not too sure (laughs) basically uh, actually so i'm looking at it it is actually a really early fork of xbmc in 2008 okay um so really really early on um which was i guess the last time i was properly looking at this sort of stuff so i've been on itunes for ever um, and I'm getting increasingly a little bit frustrated about it. So, so yeah, I guess what does the subscription to Flex, to Plex, sorry, give you in in terms of, yeah, what 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 what, what do you get for your money? It allowed me to use the app. <laughs> oh, is that it? Like so, like I, yeah, that was pretty much it. So I have the the Plex server running on the the Mac, um, and that's free. And my TV picks it up as well. Yeah, that was free. And my TV picks it up. Um, the navigation through that is a bit crap. So having it on the iPad, if it's just background stuff that I, I want to watch, I'll pop it into picture in picture. But if it's something I want to pop in the TV, I can just Chromecast straight away um, over to it. So that's pretty handy. Cool. Yeah. 
And you yeah. can, you could theoretically, like you're traveling next week, if your laptop mm-hmm. was open, you could access your content on your iPad, am I right? Yeah, I guess so. I'll give it a shot. Why not? But is that not the point of the subscription, like? Yeah, that's what I was, uh, but Baz seemed to be saying, like, actually, to use the app at all, you need the subscription. Is that right? Yeah, it wasn't allow me use certain features or something uh, like that. Okay. I can't even remember. It was it was about a month ago or a month and a half ago that I got it. Um yeah. Let me go back in and check. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using it for years, so I didn't mind kind of throwing over, you know, five quid to them. Um appreciate, you know, kind of having a free service for a long time. So yeah. Um I know I'm VLC as well. Um if you go into the VLC app that would pick off my Mac on my home network and you can just download directly then to VLC. Okay. And save files in that. I don't know if that allows picture in picture. At this stage I've I've I haven't used VLC, but I was testing it then. But yeah, that allowed you to download the files directly from the Mac and have them saved then on the iPad. So you can watch content then in VLC that way. So, so it's kind of multiple options. Yeah, it certainly it feels like it it, it might be worth breaking out the raspberry pi to build something here i'm just looking seems to be possible um dave what's your raspberry pi doing these days or pies do you more than one i do technically um (laughs) nothing (laughs) would this i'm looking at its lifeless body (laughs) in a box next to my desk would this kind of thing be at all of interest like some sort of home server of some yeah i'm 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 so over all that stuff. Like you've kind of grown just, up in your media consumption ha- habits. Not grown up, like, but I've, I've, I don't want to fiddle with stuff anymore. Yeah, like I did it for like nearly all of my life, and I've just had it. Do you know, it starts slowly. It's like I've had it with Windows. Now I'm on Mac. It's grand. I've had it with this, and do you know, like, so now I'm kind of like I had all plans for NASes and home servers and like wired networks and everything but i just don't care anymore and and your tv it's sad but you know um it, the situation has also improved in ireland right like you have a tv subscription that for example allows you to watch game of thrones the day after it's broadcast right uh simultaneously even why so um if you feel like staying up to two in the morning which like wasn't the case a few years ago like a lot of this sort of futzing around with sort of um let's say video content of dubious origin was because a necessity yeah, yeah we we live in this small country and we didn't get stuff but that i wouldn't say necessarily is fixed but it's the situation is a lot better it sounds like yeah and i just don't like if i don't see something i just kind of go oh i can't watch that and then it's just gone out of my brain and <laughs> It doesn't come back until I see it somewhere, like on Netflix or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, I do have Sky. We do have Game of Thrones Day of, um, or a week in advance if people in Spain press the wrong button. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, they, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And with things like Now TV, like the 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 rise of the kind of Netflix verticals as well, or the Netflix imitators, like. I have a decent, very decent choice between um, Now TV from Sky, which is just easier than actually ringing up Sky and adding stuff to your subscription or turning, you know, um, no contract and all that nonsense. Doesn't have an Apple TV app yet. Um, and then there's things like if, you know, there's a Curiosity Stream for documentaries, there's um, hey you for like reality tv if you really feel the need there's prime video you know they're all decent in their own way but you know if you know what you're looking for if you want it you can you can kind of get stuff a lot easier now and it's if it's all on the apple tv it's just it's just easy um so this now tv thing that's a new thing and you were on a trial of it did a trial and paid for a month okay and are you gonna keep on with it as soon as they get an Apple TV app, I probably will um, probably do a month on, month off or something, you know, because it's one of these things where there's a fixed number of movies. You watch them and you're, you're, you're done, but there's a brand new, there's a premiere every day. 
on the Now TV Why? movies. And with Now TV box sets, you get Game of Thrones um, as broadcast as well with that for 15 euro a month. Like. And you, so not too bad. You could just get this. So you wouldn't necessarily have to do, you could get this without a Skybox. Yeah, just the internet. And a supported device, Mac, Windows, iPad, iPhone, iPad, iPad, not iPod. Because there's a certain um, yeah. case for, as you said, like as your time gets more valuable or you just get less patient with sort of futzing around and stuff, like if you can throw a little bit of money at the problem, if it kind of makes some of it go away, would it replace Netflix for you? No, I think Netflix is still, Netflix is so worth the money. Um it's it's ridiculous like and every time i think oh netflix there's nothing then just <laughs> a load of new stuff comes on and i'm like oh my god that's fantastic ozark for example i really liked really like that and um you know they're just comedy specials they're absolutely killing it with with the comedy stuff there's a new uh stand up each week on netflix there's there's a lot of stuff to keep you going and it's with now tv it's just movies <laughs> or just tv for the 15 so you'd end up with 30 for a mix and you know it's worth it sometimes like but i found myself still watching netflix more than more than it at this stage so on a sort of related front i I saw two news articles recently um and the first was about netflix that their budget for um original content next year i think is seven billion ridiculous yeah Mm-hmm. But the second news article was saying that Apple's budget for original content next year is one billion. Yeah, and that's something that's one, like that's like a uh, hundred million for Jessica. For <laughs> Gwyneth. Uh-huh. Have we uh, planted the apps update? Nope, <laughs> I have not watched it. Uh, <laughs> I tried. It's just it's like it's like Groundhog Day. But with app developers, there's always some poor fellow with a word app that doesn't get anywhere. Like <laughs> always, or a word game. Like it's like it's like the 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 guy's editing word. Like like let's get the guy with the word game or the number game that doesn't get funding and stick him in. Like they're evenly distributed through. They're evenly distributed through nearly all of the episodes. <laughs> oh, my heart goes out to them. Of course, yeah. Oh dear lads. Um, Empathy, but they still get a bit of. It, it, it's, an, it's annoying because I, I got the free month and didn't realize the subscription was ongoing. So they charged me for an extra month. So I lost 10 quid because of that TV show. You're going to watch it out of spite now. <laughs> I kind of have to, yeah. I'll watch everything. We will do an update at some stage. We will. We yeah. promise. Yeah, I'll get back into it. So I kind of, I am extremely dubious about Apple spending a fairly big wadge of money on original content because i think like apple in general is i would call them a tasteful company in terms of the products they the hardware projects that they release the software that they release but their attempts at original content has been embarrassing it's like kind of dad dancing yeah, like, I mean, I imagine Apple to just, like, hire, I don't know, like, the, the, the oh, man, what's his name? The West Wing. Um, Aaron Zorkin. Yeah, and just, like, be like, hey, Aaron Zorkin, you now write every single thing that is our content on Apple. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, that, that kind of a thing, like, do you know, but, like, I, I definitely think, like, I was... I was impressed with the first episode of Planet of the Apps, and I was like, okay, cool. And then after the every other episode was the exact same, I, you know. So I definitely think that they need to just not create original content, but just, you know, buy original content other people have made <laughs> or something yeah. like that. I I also think it just kind of doesn't fit with their DNA as a company like they're so yeah I, I just i i yeah i don't think they're gonna do a good job i think i don't know, maybe they should just give hbo a lot of money i don't know see i think this is the 
this is the end result of them trying to negotiate. I think, obviously, I think this is this is a backdoor attempt at negotiations that failed. I could be wrong. Okay, no, that 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 theory makes a lot of sense. It's like this is. It's like we 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 need to be in this game. Amazon are in it. Um, Netflix are in Did, it. Disney we, are getting into it. Disney are pulling their content off Netflix, and they're mm-hmm. they're getting into it. And it's just they have to compete in some way. I'm not too annoyed because if you have Apple Music, then you have it. Do you know it's not. It's not Apple Music and then a separate Apple movie video subscription. You know, if it's all one thing and it's just an add-on to something you already have, why not? Um, so just to put it in context, um, just speaking of HBO, like HBO are spending roughly double Apple's budget for next year. So like it's significant, right? Oh, yeah. But would Apple be able... Could they have created something like Game of Thrones or House of Cards? Like, could they, I think they could, is, because at the end of the day, all at the, at the end of the day, a lot of the time, these are just... Some executive goes, here, production company, do this. And, you know, they, they go off and they make it. It's not... You know, the it's it's a lot less connected than than we think or i i think than than we think like you know there's the company same like, same with our our state broadcaster like you know they don't make a lot of the stuff they're just like you come in you pitch it they go yeah or nay you go off you develop it and they show it on tv and they give you your money yeah or people like to go off to like the sundance film festivals and people are showing off their movies and then everyone just kind of shops around and says okay i want your content you're coming with us and they're like yeah. grant okay I I definitely think the fallout from all of this is that the one billion will go a lot less for uh, will will go a lot less um, of a distance than it would have in in other years. Mm. So much maybe I'm wrong. Be in advertising as well. Yeah, they have the device base though, you know. So I mean, like you'll it'll like download iOS 11, and the first thing it'll be do is like, yeah, just put in your credit card number here, and like, yes, for you know. There'll be some, <laughs> there'll be some annoying integration that makes you realize that you should probably pay for it. In, interesting to see. I'm I'm open to to all the options, but there's no way in hell I'm going to subscribe to every single thing out there. Do you still have um, Amazon Video, Dave? I'm just at the end of the six month trial, I think. Okay. Um. So it's still only the last payment was still two quid. So I think I need to. To kill it off, but it has actually picked up in terms of content since since it started. When it started, it was like ridiculous, and now there's actually some stuff in there. Like the first, literally, the only thing I watched was I watched one or two episodes of the Grand Tour and was like, "Eh, okay." And then uh, Seinfeld, that was it. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, something I've seen a million times, and that was the only thing that I found useful. But now things like um, Preacher is on it. Um, oh yeah, and High Castle. Yeah, um, not all of the Amazon Prime originals, which is annoying. Um, what they don't even give you all the Amazon stuff. What? No, it doesn't look like it. Oh. They're they they're just showing them. They just bought them for for America. There's a lot of them, but there's one or two that I can't find. So I don't know what the story is with it, but it's annoying. Oh, that's a pain. All right. Yeah, not the big ones. The ones that I that I know the the headline ones seem to be there. Um, but there's one or two that I was like, "Oh, cool, that's an Amazon Prime." Not in here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's 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 not bad. It's not. It's it's not. It's it's. I suppose it's gone from terrible to not terrible, and I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's 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 it, you know Netflix had the similar kind of, um, start I guess over here. But they it just did, have the yeah. advantage of, of being that much further ahead. Yeah. Um, I will say, after dabbling with all of the different things, I really have to give credit to Netflix and engineering team. Like, wow, the amount of reliability and stuff that I take for granted with Netflix is mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And then every other one of these uh, platforms that I've mentioned all seem to have some significant issue with either you know the 
buffering or uh, changes in quality or, you know, there's a few, there's the, the interfaces are just not getting you anywhere there. You know, there's, there's significant problems with, with all of them that Netflix has solved. Netflix also has its own problems. That's a different story, but just the engineering and the reliability of Netflix is none of them come close. And considering the amount of engineering and money behind some of them, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Any good games over the summer, lads? So I played one um, called Dark Side Detective. So I'm a big fan of point-and-click adventure games. So in the vein of uh, Monkey Island and, and the rest of them. And when I finished it, I noticed a few Irish-looking names. And hmm. uh, sure enough, I looked it up and it's actually um, uh, created by an, an Irish game company out of Galway so um it's a short episodic detective point and click game um and it was just really fun to play um short enough you can split it up into the the chapters which I really like because you know if I don't I don't have the time to sit down and play straight through a video game or whatever I can play an hour here 20 minutes there and actually get something out of it that's that's a a complete experience um so it was just very good very nice game and just a, a bonus that it was irish cool um yeah and I, I don't know if you know player unknown's battleground dave i'm 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 aware of it yeah that's like the game at the, yeah that's like the game at the moment it's like the biggest kind of one of the biggest games at the moment anyway it's online multiplayer shooting game but that's an Irish developer as well. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, fair play to that guy, you know. He's living at home on the dole and doing all that, and now the game has sold, like, five million copies. Wow. Which is... Amazing. Super impressive, like, and everyone's streaming it on the internet, and they're going to make huge money from it. No, I was just saying, even though it's not being released, um, it's an early access game still, people are like, yeah, it's just going to be game of the year because its reach is just everywhere, you know all gaming websites are playing it and stuff like that and streaming it and what i what i like as well is either now this this either means i'm out of touch or that <laughs> th- things are getting better but i didn't find out about either of these games through the normal irish game dev channels or people that i follow on twitter or anything like that it was just word of mouth because they were good games you know mm. um i saw reviews i saw people you know, I saw people talking about them on Twitter, but not not Irish people, not you know, and I think that's um, I think it's brilliant that they're they're getting that kind of recognition. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely on some of the bigger uh, American gaming websites as well. I saw that Detective Stories. Sorry, uh, Dark Side Detective. Dark Side Detective. <laughs> um, yeah, fair play to them. I think it was a was it originally a game jam game or something like that. I think it was they have a Maybe development awesome, diary yeah. up um i read through a few of the posts later on about how they do the graphics and stuff worth, worth a read yeah it would be interesting to um i might do some research and get back in contact with a few old friends about the gaming scene in ireland um i have a friend who just moved back from uh cambridge in england working with a big company over there to start working with a video game company up in dublin um i know two guys working up there and I know another friend, John, um, who runs uh, Immert, which is Irish gaming kind of association. So get in contact with them and see what the scene is like back in Ireland. Um, I know myself and Dave were kind of into it a good few years ago when we, you know, first left college and we're starting our own stuff. But I'd I'd love to see if it's still as big. Um, And is anyone making money from it or anything like that? Or is it just for the love of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's such a great energy back then. Do you know, it was just... It was... Everything yeah, felt everyone, amazing, but then, you know, <laughs> worldwide recession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that really knocked the wind out of everything. Everything, yeah. Sure, we're over it now, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Next it's interesting to see... Two years away. Who, who stayed in the industry or you know who like us went and got i suppose regularish jobs instead of 
making video games. Yeah. We probably get more sleep. <laughs> I'd imagine so, but at at times we got to we got to pull out the old video game skills to to do some yeah. very interesting cool stuff apps. in our yeah. in our non-video gaming life. Which you wouldn't mm. have had you wouldn't have had the we wouldn't have had the exposure to, you know. And it's still cool because it's just like, yeah, I can do open jail if I need to. So yep. speaking of which, a, a kind of relevant topic that we've been talking about, I think, for a while amongst ourselves, and we had a a presentation on it at the iOS developer meetup, um, is augmented reality and AR kit that's coming mm-hmm. in iOS eleven. Um, yeah, and I I think you know this is an opportunity where you guys get to apply some of your skills that you sort of possibly some of the skills that you have from from developing games. Um, I I I honestly don't think that this is me at the moment, but I don't think AR games will be that big on iPhone. I think I could be completely wrong with my own opinion though. I think AR tools like some of the stuff we're seeing at the moment will be more popular. Yeah. Um I gaming AR is never going to work, I don't think. Unless it's a headset um or a head mounted unit. I don't think people holding up their phones like that would be that fun. And I know Pokemon Go has elements of AR in it, but it's very, very, very simple. Um but you know, holding your phone up to a table and moving around the table. It's probably cheaper than buying, like, say, a Warhammer setup with all the figures and stuff like that, but you'd get fair pissed off at it after a while. I think AR is going to be really good for quick tools that you'll be using for, you know, a minute at a time. That's... Yeah, yeah. I'm the same, but I definitely think that this gives, like, because, again... um, you know, Apple control fairly tightly the hardware that mm-hmm. we're going to see some impressive stuff, first of all. Yep. And then that gives Apple's HoloLens a chance if they decide to yeah, to go down definitely. that route, you know, um, I, because I, I definitely think AR short term could be a lot bigger than VR, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. Have you seen that Google Glass has kind of gotten a resurgence recently? from um like people who work on machines and engineers so they can be looking at a machine and okay they have to fix a part on it so they can look at the machine and see where the part exactly is or where the defect is mm. um and i think that's where i'm going to try and go with ar is for work related stuff um and kind of you know helpers alongside the apps that we make for people to find you know say they throw a sensor out in the field um which is something we would do that they can look around their field on their phone and see what direction it is and stuff like that and walk towards it, a kind of more helper kind of stuff. Mm. Mm. I I agree. I think kind of enterprise is the big use for ARKit. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think could be quite exciting. You guys had a bit of time to look at the tech. Um, do you think it's going to live up to the hype? I mean, this is the type of thing that in general, you know, can be overhyped and it turns out actually implementations are a bit too difficult or it doesn't quite work as well as you, as the kind of marketing shows. Like, have you guys any sense of... It's probably easier than any of the the competitors at the moment. Now, look, I'm I'm a few years out of date, but... The last time I did AR, I had to know OpenGL, I had to know my matrix multiplications, I had to know uh-huh. all that that awful stuff. And you still do to a certain extent, but you just use SceneKit. Yeah. And that's it, or, or SpriteKit, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. it's leveraging a lot of the expertise that a lot of iOS developers have, which is very clever, of course. And it's given some new interesting features for people to play with so some problems with that bajillion measuring tape apps okay um it's going to be the new torch or the new lighter app or whatever yeah and then there's going to be some ridiculously good one apps as well and i think 
some of the demos I'm seeing, if they work half as well as they do. Again, look, you're probably getting the best shot from the YouTube videos. But from what I've seen, you know, it's it's very promising. I think horror games will work on it. And that's probably oh, yeah. what people will. There, yeah. was, there was a Kickstarter a couple of years ago and it was a really cool one that I think they wanted to map your house, but you'd walk around your house and you'd have the lights off and stuff and you'd see ghosts and stuff walking around and like they were probably too ahead of time what they wanted to do this probably would make it easier for them but i'd see horror games will probably be good with ar (laughs) yeah definitely even like i remember back in the day with just the accelerometer there was one or two games where you could rotate around 360 and you had to you to even get a video of a ufo you know so you're you're essentially using the camera as the viewfinder to mm. to get it you were, there was another one with i think taking pictures of ghosts and stuff back back before there was no actual augmented reality it was just accelerometer and a a, a smattering of 3d like um and i definitely think that they're, they're going to be great experiences and if this has the potential to drive forward ar vr or headsets or anything like that i think it's i think this is how it's going to happen you know i don't think it's going to be oculus i don't think it's going to be google glass it's going to be something like this that shows the possibility and something like this that comes up with use cases that people are like god if i could only put this on my face you know yeah that's that's going to drive it because realistically we're not going to see this sort of accuracy on android we know that um we're not going to see is there is only Android and why am I even mentioning any other platform at this stage? Um, you know, so this is going to launch to millions of iOS devices going back however many years and it's going to be fantastic. Cool. I, I think yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand what it brings to the table. I think like even reading a few hacker news threads and it's like, what are you excited about? That's just around the corner and people are like AR kit and everyone's like, but Wordlands did it a million years ago. What's new? And stuff's like, oh, and then you explain it. And then someone's like, oh, well, just why, why even bother arguing with someone who just watched an Apple presentation? And it's just typical hacker news jadedness, you know, <laughs> it's exciting. And Screw those guys. We are not jaded on this <laughs> podcast. We enthusiastically embrace <laughs> new things. It's got us excited, yeah. so it must be a bit cool. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we did talk about it a bit recently. Hmm. Um, I think you guys explained some of the downfalls to me. So one of my things that I wanted to do was be able to, say, point my phone at a machine. And I wanted to place markers around the machine. And then... You know, I wanted to come back to that machine a week later and hold my phone and see where those markers are. I don't believe I can do that. Um, but that's something that I think maybe in the future we'll be able to do stuff like that. So it's a good first step in terms of what we can do at the moment. Yeah. And again, you might be able to do that with a QR code or something like that. You know, using yeah. the QR code yeah. as a reference point and you come back and you show them relative to that to that reference mm-hmm. point. But um Something worth looking into anyway at some at some point in the future. But I definitely think that the route you're going with, with some of those apps, I think they'll be they'll be really impressive. Definitely, yeah. They're just just handy, I think, you know. It was, mm. I'd, I'd say a big thing as well is coming into a new city and holding up your phone and going, Pops, okay, and then seeing what direction it's in. Um, it's much easier to navigate that and using a 2D map, a top-down 2D map. Um yeah, it's just really cool just be able to hold up stuff and spin around and see what's around you. And as you pointed out, Dave, this is kind of also the culmination of other technologies that Apple have introduced in iOS, like SyncKit and, and SpriteKit, um, that when mm-hmm. sort of added together, give you actually a, a huge array of nice stuff to do this stuff with. Yep. And even I'm looking at um, uh, James Thompson, developer of uh, PCalc, and the stuff that oh, yeah. he's he's just he he has just taken um, scene kit and AR kit and ran with it like um, and it's just in the about page and you can create 3D renders of a million calculators and each one of them works. So he's actually rendering UI kit to a surface in 3D that still interacts 
um you know so just all sorts of ridiculous stuff Why? um is go- is going on out there and people seem to just be doing it with with relative ease you know and the wealth of documentation this is the thing people don't understand yeah euphoria yeah whatever there's going to be a million youtube videos a million books a million everything on this mm. stuff a million resources good apple documentation this is not some third party sdk you know who this is first class random obscure apple question i saw a job posting for apple uh this week it was in cupertino it was for a back-end developer to help um you just dave you mentioned uh documentation um so basically a, a back-end engineer to uh for their developer documentation site uh what back-end technology do you think apple are using web objects no not anymore swift no java no so this is just like a web framework an associated language for backend Perl? ruby on rails ah uh, yeah okay mm-hmm. so just thought that was interesting that would change next week when the developer gets <laughs> bored with it uh, yeah still haven't done anything with my swift on the server but i'm gonna do it using uh, docker uh, yeah me and dave went to uh the first docker meetup in limerick yeah how did you get on dave can tell you what docker is it was pretty oh, good can you yeah uh just about yeah so but yeah i think i met you during the week dave actually you said compared to when you had previously looked at it years ago how much it's come on in you know accessibility just starting off a project yeah um like so the whole point of docker is that you can essentially create a container for your software that's running on a on a server or or wherever but we'll we'll stick with a server and what it does is it bundles up all of the all of your code with all of the operating system bits and pieces that it might need um so maybe you need php installed maybe you need apache maybe you need a few others you bundle them up into a container and it essentially creates a portion of the user space of the operating system that has all of that stuff in it. And then you can essentially run that container on any Linux or, you know, on any similar system um, without having to install all of the dependencies or anything like that. You can just be like, yeah, run this thing and it's all bundled inside of it. It's not a virtual machine. Um, it's not a sandbox. It's not, you know, it's it's not a lot of things but it is a container, you know. So it, it's interesting, but there's it's it's kind of very nuanced um, as to what it is, or at least I think it is. And now it's like you can just go like, well, I need Python, and then you go copy in your file, and off you go, and that's it. Um, you know, so it's it's come a long way. Awesome. Basically. Um and the meetup itself was actually really informative and um, uh, served as a very good introduction. And there was pizza and beer. Nice. Less crack than yeah. our That's good. iOS meetup, though. Uh, yeah. That's the problem with these midweek things, you know. <laughs> but sure, we'll be, we'll be midweek ourselves at some point, I'm sure. Yep. There you go. Is it time for what's making us happy? Sure, why not? <laughs> that right, is come on lads we had weeks alright I got something we have had weeks well, a slightly boring one a BBC documentary from the mid 90s called The Death of Yugoslavia it's a six part documentary mm-hmm. it's not on Netflix I just checked but it is on YouTube Um, it documents the sort of um, how Yugoslavia f- fell apart in the subsequent uh, civil war but it, so god this doesn't make me happy anyway look i'm, I'm gonna go on with it um the reason why i enjoyed it if it didn't quite make me happy um the yugoslav conflict happened i guess at this point where video cameras started to become widespread 
but people weren't necessarily aware of them. So there is some incredible footage. Um, do you know the way the style of documentaries now is there are all these recreations and you're never quite sure what is footage and what isn't? Whereas mm-hmm. this is a documentary, I guess, from another time where they have footage of everything that happened um, and it's incredible. So, yeah, well, well worth a watch. Death of Yugoslavia. I'll post a YouTube link. So, video game for me. Um, and it's called Scanner Sombre or Sombre or whatever. And like the Mexican hat. It... <laughs> that would add a slightly more humorous dimension to the game all right you are underground in the dark in a cave and you can only see with a 3d scanner that creates a point cloud and um it's a short enough game i'm not quite finished it yet but i'm i'm there thereabouts and basically you're looking for a temple under the ground and that's it, really. There's no jump scare. No, spooky? maybe there is. Yeah, it's incredibly spooky. But at the same time, not not ridiculously. Do you know? Like, um, but there is a lot of atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what platform? Thomas, you're... you're go on, sorry. Uh, playing it on Mac. Okay, cool. I was going to call you a bastard, Thomas. Why? Because um, I bought you a copy of Gone Home. And then Steam emailed me a couple of weeks ago and said, oh, we've refunded your money because your friend didn't download the app, didn't download the game. And I went, oh, holy shit. I gifted him a game. And uh, he was like, no, I'm too good for Baz's uh, indie games. I couldn't. It was stupid Steam. I I downloaded the app and just... Not cool, dude. Sorry, not man. cool. So I have my fiver back and I'm going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry. No, it's okay. I just forgot to say to you, but it just reminded <laughs> me there because I was looking at Dave's game online and someone said it is inspired by Gone Home. So I'm definitely going to pick that up, Dave. Thank you. Well worth it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Um. I downloaded, I'll talk about another game as well. I, I was talking about it to Dave earlier. It's just weird. Um, it's called Hellblade from a team called Ninja Theory who've put out some cracking games um, in the past. But it's it's a weird one because it's it's a game that involves a lot of uh, psychosis. So they recommend that you play it with headphones to get 3D sound. The reason is that you get a lot of voices in your head. Um so there's like there could be several different voices at the same time all like uh giving you like talking about you talking to you giving you conflicted conflicted advice on what you should do turn around go away proceed and then laughing at you and if you're lost and stuff like this very strange i believe they brought on a psychiatrist to do um like to so they would kind of i guess represent it um in a realistic way but it's just I just found the mechanic very very new the game itself might not be um completely original it's a really good looking game really really enjoying it but that's just another element of it that creates an atmosphere I really kind of uh, you know I hate the anticipation always in certain games especially you know when everything goes dark and there's going to be something jumping out in you um but this just adds another element to it that kind of engrosses you when you have all these voices kind of around you and talking to you um it's kind of a strange new mechanic i haven't really experienced before so kind of glad that i'm scaring myself for putting it on <laughs> the headset i had to lower it down a tiny bit it was a bit too loud um but yeah just kind of interesting that people are always trying something new um and kind of i guess it's done in a kind of respectful way then as well so interesting one and are you using yeah, the PSVR much in general? There's no VR in it. Um, it's a third-person game. But I did download a game uh, recently that I want to get into. Um, yeah, I haven't been using it as much. I knew I knew it would happen. You know, I'd buy it and wouldn't use it as much. But there's a game that I bought, so hopefully that would get me into it. And, like, I've bought a ton of games and I've beaten them all. 
and the problem is they're very much one or two playthroughs of the games you might pick them up and play them again but the experiences can be short and yeah once it's once it's done it's done it's really good for showing people stuff like that um the driving game now would be one i'd go back to a bit more but yeah it's still it's a good first attempt and hopefully they come out with even controllers or a better tracking system or something like that but i'm looking forward to some of the games that will be coming out in the future again horror does really well in vr and there's one called the outpatient i think it's coming out um i don't think i'll have the balls to play it but you know i might be persuaded to download it at some point <laughs> scared the crap out of myself that scanner it, one would be good in vr but i don't know is it coming out for the the ps4 yeah, or not? I was when I was googling it there. I think the first thing that came up was Scanner Sombre, Sombre, um, VR. Then yeah, people were I guess asking. Oh, there's probably yeah, just a VR mode I think for PC. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that shit would scare the fuck. That would be terrifying in in VR. Yeah, just, I've played like bits of Resident Evil Seven. Like, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. I don't. I don't think if you haven't played VR before, it's it's really. When you do get into it, it's just it's everything's realistic sizes and proportions, and that's what really gets you. You really feel like you could could be in a room. Um, I'd say Resident Evil Seven is just immensely scary because you're in a house and there's people chasing you around and stuff like that. <laughs> you haven't run into any walls yet in your real house. Uh no. The first night I got it, I tried to. I was playing Work Simulator and I tried to lean on a cubicle in the game because i was used to leaning on my cubicle in work to talk to the person next to me that i tried to grab it and lean on it um yeah that almost went badly 